With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Luke's account, we see some strange things happening that we now need to hear this day. So I invite you now to hear God's word for us. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wandering to himself, what happened? This is the word of our Lord. And I believe it's to be the truth for my life. And I believe it's to be the truth for your life as well. So as we hear this glorious word from the Lord our Christ, we now join our hearts together and we ask for the Lord's blessing upon the hearing of his word. And as we join together in one heart and one, and one voice before the Lord, let's join together in prayer. And I would like to offer up a prayer on your behalf. And ask that you would lift one up for me as well. Let us pray together. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, let me begin by saying this. Life is full of choices. I said it. <gasps> you already knew that though, didn't you? I mean, come on. Everything we do is a choice. Everything. We have made a choice today. We have chosen to be here, to be part of the family of God, to celebrate this single most incredible event that the world has ever known. This is an awesome day and worthy of our celebration and praise. But today we make the choice. We make the choice based on resurrection. We have the choice to either believe it or we have the choice to ignore it. That's the choice. I like to think you're here today because you have chosen to believe. I hope so. But the more I study the Bible, the more amazed I become at the simple fact that God continually grants to us choice. 
Choice after choice after choice. He's always offering. You could do this or you could do that. You could do this good thing or you could do the bad thing. But you've got to make the choice. It's absolutely incredible. Did you hear in Deuteronomy? How God shares with his people after he has led them out of slavery in Egypt. One of the first things he does is offer them the choice. Okay, you've come this far. Now what are you going to do? I offer you a choice today. You have the choice of life and prosperity. Or you could choose death and destruction. Would it be necessary for us to break into small groups and discuss that choice? I mean, really? With the choice of either life or death, prosperity or destruction, I mean, what do you think we would choose? Of course we're going to say, we will choose life, we will choose prosperity, we will choose the goodness of God in our lives. It really seems to be an easy choice. But you see, making that simple choice leads into a few other things. And it does get a little more difficult when we realize that when we choose life and prosperity, it means that now God expects us to live a certain way. That we will be able to choose God's way, the only way to live. Simply put, God expects us to live rightly based on our choices. So the choice isn't always easy, but it's not impossible. Did you hear how God began speaking to his people? As he says, I offer you the choice. It's not going to be too difficult, he says. Don't stress about this. It's not that bad. You're going to be able to do this. So with that in mind, we've got to make the choice today on on resurrection. What do we really believe? Now we make the choice because... Again, a great gift has been bestowed upon us. Out of all of creation, human beings are the only ones who get to make the choice. Animals don't make choices. Plants don't make choices. Rocks and trees don't make choices. Robots that we design only do what they're programmed to do. They don't get to make a choice. Only you and I get to make a choice. So it is on this most important and holy day that we need to make the choice. To choose resurrection as something we believe in and base our lives upon, or to choose to reject resurrection. I'm really thankful that these early disciples, these women as well, had a tough time with it. Because we really need, need to take a hard look at it. We don't want to just say we believe without really believing. They didn't want to do it either. Resurrection is a fairly difficult choice. But it's not impossible. The disciples struggled with it. The women struggled with it. The women especially. And that's why Luke talks about them. They were the ones that walked with Joseph of Arimathea to take the body of Jesus to the tomb. They were right there. They saw that happen. They saw where the tomb was. They saw the stone being rolled in front. So from 6 o'clock Friday night began the Sabbath. So they weren't allowed to prepare Jesus' body for burial. So from Friday night to Saturday, throughout the whole day Saturday, they couldn't do it. So that's why Luke says that the first opportunity they had, that daybreak on Sunday morning, that's when they go to the tomb to do that. They wanted to show their love to Jesus one more time by finally preparing his body. But as they arrived, they realized the huge stone had been rolled away. And so they go inside. 
And what do they find? They don't find what they were looking for. The body of Jesus. And Luke says that they stood there. And as they wondered, that's kind of scratched their head. What? We put his body right here. Where did it go? What do we do with this? God, seeing their need, did a little something about it. God sent two angels. Two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning, it says, appeared before them. And told them, he's not here. But not only he's not here, the angels tell them, you should know why he's not here. Because Jesus already told you what was going to happen. Now here's the incredible part. The body's not there. The angels appear and tell them. Can you remember back what Jesus told you? The best they could do with all that information and with angels standing before them. It says, and they remembered Jesus' words. It doesn't say they believed. It just says they remembered his words. And they leave the tomb. Go back to the disciples and tell them this incredible story. Stone rolled away, body gone, angels speaking to us and asking us to remember what Jesus said. That's the story. Did you catch what the disciples said? They too could not believe it. They did not believe the women, it says, because their words seemed to them nonsense. Sheer and utter nonsense. Once you're dead, you're dead. But you see, they kind of forgot a little something. The angels asked them to remember what Jesus had done and said to them. They had forgotten that Jesus has already raised three people from the dead while he was alive. Jesus already raised Jairus' daughter, already raised the widow of Nain's son, and already raised Lazarus. All three were dead. But Jesus brought them back to life. But still, they don't believe. But Peter, God bless Peter, thinks, well, i got to go check this out. He goes running to the tomb just to verify the facts. And sure enough, it is exactly as the women had said. Nothing has changed. And it also says of Peter, he stands there wondering, what do I do with this? What do we do with this? What do we do with something that seems to be impossible? We need to stick around a little longer. Because within the next few hours, Jesus begins to appear to the disciples and to the women. He begins to talk to them and share with them. Thomas comes up and sticks his finger into the hole in the, where the nail was in his wrist. They held out for proof. They insisted on the evidence that Christ is alive. So here we are about 2,000 years later. How about you? Are you here today because you're looking to me to prove to you that Christ rose from the dead? Some people do that. I'm going to give that preacher one more chance to prove to me that Christ resurrected from the dead. Now, let me burst your bubble. I can't do that. I just can't. I can't prove to you that resurrection is real. Sure, you could take a look at the historical and the biblical evidence, which 
To my way of looking is overwhelming evidence that Christ did indeed resurrect from the dead. But for most people, that's still not enough. So the only thing missing then is, if we cannot prove it with our minds and with our science, the only missing element is that of faith. That's it, pure and simple. Faith that indeed Jesus resurrected from the dead. But see, faith starts before resurrection. Faith starts in a very simple and basic way. Faith boils down to a simple realization that God can do something greater than me. You see, when we say that we want the evidence and we want proof, we're really saying, I want to bring God down to my level that will fit into my head and my way of thinking. What we see here doesn't fit. The women couldn't figure it out. The disciples couldn't figure it out. They're all wondering. They're using their minds. How can this be? And their minds left them short of the answers. They could not figure it out. Till finally they came to faith. Till finally they realized that God, the God that we say we worship, the God that we say we love, the God we say we do believe in, this God is greater than we are. And God can do greater things than even we can. And so to them and to anyone who still doubts, I say, this is not nonsense. This is the truth. Jesus promises us that if we believe in the truth, we will be set free. We'll be set free from having to answer all the questions of the world. Instead, we're free to simply let God take care of things. God who can do it, and us realizing we can't. A wise man once wrote, There are no proofs for God, only witnesses. Only those who can get to the point of faith. The choice we have today is critical. We can choose to really say with all these disciples, Now that's just nonsense. That never really happened. It's a fairy tale. Or we can choose to see through the eyes of faith that God can do the incredible and the miraculous. Now preachers all across America are telling their congregations right now how pleased the preacher is to see so many people in this sanctuary and see the sanctuary so full and that the preacher expects to see you all back again next week. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm actually going to make you even feel more guilty. Ah. <laughs> because when you hear this incredible news, when you believe this incredible news, I not only want to see you back next week, my expectation is that you will get so excited about resurrection throughout this week that you will talk to somebody else this week and you will invite that person here with you next week. My expectation is not just you next week, I expect this congregation to double in size. That's your homework assignment. If you really believe in resurrection, it's going to change your life. And it's going to change the lives of everyone around you. It's not nonsense. Lives change for the better. So I challenge you to take these next few days as an experiment. To simply believe that God can do something this great. 
that Jesus did resurrect from the dead and see how that will change your life. When we believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead, it also means that we too will resurrect from the dead to live in the eternal glorious presence of God. It's not nonsense. It's a promise made to each one of us. He offers the same to us and to all the world that he rose from the dead to give us life forever. I invite you to join with me in receiving this greatest gift of all. The gift of life here and now. The gift of abundance and of glory. And the gift of eternal life forever with Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. May God so bless and keep us. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.